You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, friends. In the last episode, we went back in time to really understand where Olga von Lloyd Wright came from, the intentional community she and her husband created, and the power she now holds over everyone there, including Svetlana. But our newlywed Svetlana doesn't know what we know. She's simply overjoyed to be married once again, to have a husband she can't keep her hands off of, and a beautiful life ahead of her in the desert. She doesn't know that Taliesin is floundering financially, or that her new husband, Wes, who'd inherited a newspaper fortune, was often the one to bail them out. But he'd spent what he had, and then some. She doesn't know that when all 75 fellows kiss her on her wedding day, it wasn't just an act of goodwill or super sexy. It was because in marrying Wes, she had married into this whole extended family. And she doesn't know that Olga Vanna's grasp on Wes is more powerful than hers can ever be. So, given all of this, does Wes really love Svetlana, or is he just doing as he's told? Could the fellowship be a warm, welcoming new home for a Russian defector? Or is this whole thing a con, cooked up by Olga Vanna to bring in some publicity and some cash? What the hell has Svetlana gotten herself into? My name is Dan Katroser, and this is Svetlana Svetlana. You wake up in the morning, you live your day, and then you do it tomorrow and over and over again. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, dear listeners, it's time for a brief Danecdote. I've been keeping something from you. Remember how I went to Scottsdale? The Valley of the Sun. Well, it was to solve a problem. I'd been digging into archives, conducting interviews, reading and rereading Svetlana's memoirs and letters, and it felt like Svetlana, the real, complex, multidimensional person, was coming into focus. But everyone else in her orbit? 
they were still feeling like caricatures, dramatic archetypes I couldn't seem to shake. If Svetlana was my hero, didn't that make Olgavana my villain? Wes, prince slightly less than charming? Taliesin, the tower my princess was trapped in? Of course I knew that wasn't the case, and that if I wanted to understand what really happened to Svetlana and why, I'd need to get to know Taliesin and the people that lived there in a different way. So I had planned a trip to Arizona to meet Taliesin West's present-day custodians and some of the older residents who still lived there. I wanted a wider view of the world they created. But after I'd booked my plane ticket and some interviews, they found me talking about the play in a Q&A online. Why Svetlana Alueva? Well, she was uh, a woman that had great passion, and she was a writer and determined to have her own voice um, outside of the shadow of her father, but winds up getting sucked into the cult of Frank Lloyd Wright. There. That's what they heard. Me, Dan Katroser, on the World Wide Web, calling the fellowship a cult. Crap. The interviews were canceled. It was time to call Roger Friedland. Roger. Good morning. And Harold Zellman. All right, spill the beans. Uh, Oh my God, Harold, what have you gotten me into? I needed their advice. Roger and Harold had also ruffled some feathers with the picture they'd painted of Taliesin in their book. What did they think about the C word? Well, we discussed this question endlessly. There is ample evidence that there are significant cult-like qualities. But we made a very conscious decision never to use that term. Cult is a way of making a value judgment. Cult is a total community that you don't like. And I think it's not a good term to use. There have been so many moments in the process of working on this story that have made me question what the hell I'm doing. When I write a play with made-up characters and made-up scenarios, no one is upset. Except for the stage manager. Stage managers are always upset. But now, in telling this story as a play, as a podcast, it has the power to affect real people. Real people who I don't know. Real people who live in Scottsdale, Arizona and Spring Green, Wisconsin, who are now upset at me, me, Dan Katroser. I decided to go to Arizona anyway. Even if I couldn't record, I wanted to meet the people who I had offended and see what was what for myself. The foundation agreed to meet with me. So I get here. And I go to the reception. Um, It's this little plaza, gravel, by the gift shop, um, outside. Um, And I'm just reading while there are various tours coming and going. Fifteen minutes ahead of schedule, the foundation representative I meant to meet arrives. He shakes my hand and he invites me to come and sit inside the William Wesley Peters conference room. We're sitting there in the room that used to be Wes's private quarters, the room he shared with Svetlana. Their king-size bed used to swallow up the space. Now it held a conference table and chairs. And as I'm looking around, taking it in, the sandstone walls, the glass panes, the intimate space that can either feel cozy or claustrophobic, 
this man is telling me about his concerns and about a book that tells salacious stories, stories that overtake the more powerful history of what went on at Taliesin, a century of architecture, art, and communal living. This book is called The Fellowship, written by Roger Friedland and Harold Zellman. So I'm sitting there in Wes and Svetlana's room, knowing that I have consorted with an enemy, knowing that this book is something that has been upsetting to the people there. And I panic. And I feel myself start to apologize. A Jew apologizing in the desert, just like my ancestors had done thousands of years ago. But what exactly was I sorry about? I had been hasty with the word cult, sure, but let's remove that word for the time being. Maybe I'll just tell you what happened and let you draw some conclusions for yourself. Let's get back to Svet. April 1970, the earliest days of Wes and Svetlana's whirlwind marriage. Up until the wedding, Svetlana had enjoyed three weeks of relative anonymity. She'd been an honored guest of the fellowship, put up in a private little cottage, doted on by Wes, showered with love and kindness at her wedding. Everyone had initially been sworn to secrecy about Stalin's daughter's visit at her request, but Olga Vanna had invited TV news crews to the party. The secret was out. Social bulletins were reporting on Svetlana's outings, commenting on her appearance. The wedding news even makes it back to Russia. The Miami Herald runs a story with the headline, Stalin's daughter Svetlana weds again. And a subheader, not very exciting, says Svetlana's son. If my wedding was described as not very exciting in a Florida newspaper, I would die. Add to that the fact that Svetlana has packed up her bags and moved from her guest cottage into Wes's suite. Like all the dormitories there, it's a small space, almost certainly smaller than her Soviet apartment. And it's in the center of it all, near all the other fellows, near the drafting room where they work and the dining room where they eat. Tourists are also coming in and out of Taliesin West, traipsing through the hallways. Svetlana had suspected the CIA of wiretapping her house back in Princeton. Here, the surveillance was open and constant. And this communal life, it's not exactly her jam. She writes, Being with others and seeing them walking through our rooms was a usual thing. Was insisted that I were more with people. How is a woman like Svetlana, a self-described shy and silent mouse, supposed to rest and recharge, or get anything done for that matter? I thought I was with people quite enough. People are the worst. And then there's Olga Vanna, the matriarch of the place, the person who had beckoned Svetlana there in the first place. Olga Vanna's interest in people's lives is vast. She likes to know exactly what's going on, and she likes to give advice on everything from meals to hairstyles to work schedules to the bedroom. Here's Roger. There was very little of your private life that was not subject to judgment, if not control. You know, your gestures, how you walk, who you have sex with. I mean, everything uh, was part of this project. It was a total institution, aestheticization of every aspect of your life. 
And this now applied to Svetlana, who in marrying Wes had joined the institution by default. Now, it's no secret that Svetlana and Wes seem to have a pretty powerful physical connection. Years later, she'd tell one journalist that Wes was the only man she ever enjoyed having sex with. Olga Vanna expected all the hot goss, naturally. In case you can't hear Svetlana in what sounds like the world's busiest restaurant, she's saying that Olga Vanna immediately asked her, how was it and where was it? Meaning the sex. How was the sex? Where was the sex? Olga Vanna wants to know if her former son-in-law is giving it good to his new bride, the one she hoped could be her daughter. Svetlana is weirded out and says so, but Olga Vanna keeps pressing. She said, wouldn't you talk about it to your mother? I said, no. My mother would never ask. I, I'm not, you know, 17 years old. I love my husband very much. I don't think I need advice. When it comes to sex at Taliesin and Olga Vanna's place in it, Svetlana is going in blind. And not in a fun way, like in Love is Blind, but in a bad way, like in Love is Blind. We'll get into all this and more after the break. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Act 2. Great Sexpectations. It's time for the juicy stuff. The sex stuff. Do I have your attention? Making an insular, intentional community was hard, especially when it was mostly hot, sweaty, shirtless dudes hammering nails into wood. I'm sorry, where were we? This goes back to the 30s. You were expected to give yourself entirely to the fellowship, 
to have no relationships outside of the fellowship. Ogavana knew that you had to find some method of dealing with sexuality if you're going to pull that off, because it's pretty obvious. You've got a bunch of guys, very few women, and they're all young and libidinous. That's Harold recounting what he and Roger discovered about the history of sex at Taliesin while researching their book. Inevitably, the fellows start sleeping with locals, and the townsfolk are not happy about it. So, Olgavana goes into problem-solving mode. First, she tries to recruit more suitable women into the fellowship, but she tries a few other things too. She selected a group of, of men that she had decided, apparently, would be uh, uh, okay with gay relationships. She lined them all up and gave them uh, explicit instructions in uh, homosexuality. What Harold's saying is that Olgavana allegedly showed certain men how to have sex with each other and then paired them up to stop the sexual energy from bleeding outside the walls of Taliesin. There are two things I want to hold space for here. One, people were being pressured into making sexual choices they may not have made on their own. But two, in an overwhelmingly heteronormative world, like the first half of the 20th century, the actual mechanics of gay sex do need to be taught. And to me, this moment at Taliesin is a fascinatingly problematic piece of queer history. Olgavana would have known a thing or two about gay sex. She herself had come from eccentric artist circles and almost certainly had a lesbian lover who was part of Gertrude Stein's Parisian cohort. But the gay, quote, lineup, as one apprentice called it, wasn't the end of Olgavana's meddling. And I wanted to learn more about this layer of life at Taliesin from someone who'd seen it play out. So I got in touch with Celeste Davison. Oh, Celeste. Oh, I love what you're wearing. Oh, good. Well, I love plaid. You know, when they asked George Clooney what his favorite color was, he said plaid. Celeste was born at Taliesin. Her father, Davy, was an architect under Frank Lloyd Wright, and her mother, Kay, was Mrs. Wright's devoted chief assistant for decades. Celeste calls her mom by her first name, by the way. So uh, Kay, who came first at 16 years old, really was crazy about the Wrights. And so she adopted Mrs. Wright as her mom, and Mrs. Wright adopted her as her daughter, you know, psychologically. And her whole life was spent taking care of Mrs. Wright. According to Celeste, Olgavana contains multitudes. So how would you describe uh, Mrs. Wright? Well, aside from being a bipolar bitch and controlling everybody's lives at Taliesin, sometimes she could be quite nice. There's something incredibly, beautifully succinct about that sentence. Now, Olgavana really did not want children at Taliesin, Remember, Gurdjieff had taught her that kids were a distraction from the work. She'd sent her own daughter away by his command. And decades later, she allegedly encouraged Celeste's mom, Kay, to do the same. She broke up our whole family. She made us all go in different directions. At a very young age, five, six years old, she separated us. And my mom went right along with that. Roger and Harold's book includes some pretty harrowing details about Celeste's mother, Kay, they write about how Olgavana offered her up as sexual fodder to other fellows. The way that the fellowship sort of portrays it is that Mrs. Wright really wanted Kay to 
sleep with everybody. It's beyond true. It's beyond true. She said, I want you to go out with uh, Dick or John or whomever and turn them around. Straighten them out so they're not gay anymore. You heard that right, folks. Olga Vanna, who had orchestrated a whole lot of gay sex among the apprentices, also believed that being openly gay could hurt Taliesin's reputation. And so when things got too visibly gay, she apparently needed female apprentices like Kay to sleep with them and turn them straight again. It's all very scientific and not problematic at all. As a result, gay men end up married to women, women end up being asked to sleep around, and marriages with non-fellows like Svetlana must be arranged and approved by Olga Vanna herself. This is all detailed fabulously in Roger and Harold's book, but it's also, unsurprisingly, controversial inside the Frank Lloyd Wright universe. And yet, when I went to the Taliesin West gift shop, I was amused to find it front and center on display. Here's Harold. A buck's a buck. And this kind of overbearing control in the most intimate parts of a person's life, this is what Svetlana is now experiencing years later when she walks into a well-established dynamic designed to sustain an alternative community. To be clear, many people willingly signed up for this and stayed for years, decades, sometimes the rest of their lives within this insular world. They were making art nonstop, living in a tight-knit community, cradled in the architecture of Frank Lloyd Wright. And over the fellowship's century-long history, not everyone was subjected to or even aware of what Roger and Harold termed the sex clubs at Taliesin. Regardless, as Roger and Harold said, living at Taliesin demanded total participation. Did Svetlana know that when she married Wes, she was marrying his way of life too? More after the break. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Act 3. The Price of Love As we know from previous episodes, Olga Vanna tells Svetlana about Wes's debts, and Svet happily pays off tens of thousands of dollars as a gift to her new husband. But that was a sizable chunk of her resources, not, as Olga Vanna wrongly assumed, just a drop in the bucket. I felt that there was some mistake because they imagined me uh, wealthier than I was. I earned something with my books that was not in the vicinity of what they imagined. There was this terrible thing in created by media or State Department or I don't know about whom, uh, my alleged millions in Swiss banks. My father never left any money for me. He was uh, of communist inclination. He didn't believe in <laughs> private wealth. Svetlana doesn't have secret Stalin dollars. And the money she does have, that $1.5 million, give or take, is in a trust overseen by her lawyers in New York who give her modest monthly disbursements. So shortly after the nuptials, Svetlana is encouraged to open a joint bank account with Wes. And when we were married, about second or third day after wedding, his lawyers, which were also foundation lawyers, approached me and said, oh, are we going now to open joint account? Which was again, I said, yes, yes, of course, of course, of course, we will do. Svetlana is also encouraged to sell her precious house in Princeton for cash, which she does somewhat resentfully. But giving up that house is a symbol of her commitment to Wes, and she's willing to do it. However, while she's in Princeton overseeing the sale, Svetlana apparently learns from her lawyers that the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation has requested an annual grant of $30,000 a year in perpetuity, 250000 in today's dollars. Svetlana is surprised. She's happy to pay off her husband's debts, but funding the organization is another thing entirely. The overseers of her charitable trust counter at $1,000 a year. When I returned, I saw an entirely different picture. Nobody smiled at me. Mrs. Wright had no time for me. Wes was again, you know, Gray-faced. For the record, Olga Vanna says that everyone changed their tune on Svetlana because she became rude and standoffish, not because she wasn't as rich as they thought. And maybe that's true. I've gotten the sense from a lot of people I've talked to that Svetlana could be mercurial. Her long-term friendships were marked by periods of warmth and hostility. Like Olga Vanna, she was also a complicated woman. But this money stuff... It's super weird, and Svetlana starts to feel like she might have gotten played. Played by Olga Vanna, yes, but by Wes? Dear, darling, dutiful Wes? When Svetlana admits to her husband that she's resentful of Olga Vanna's financial demands, Wes responds exactly how you'd expect him to, telling her to stay good friends with Mrs. Wright, or, quote, we shall meet a tragedy. 
but through the power of selective hearing, Svetlana still sees Wes as her beloved husband. Mother Olgavana was the one who was getting in the way. Late one night, a few months into their marriage, Svetlana and Wes are in bed and the phone rings. Svetlana answers the call and finds a heated Olgavana on the other side of the line. There's been a problem with an apprentice and Wes is needed immediately. Svetlana isn't having it. She bites back. Mrs. Redbeard said, he was already in bed sleeping. Why do you need him? She was a little bit on this excited side of yelling. And I said, Mrs. Redbeard, please don't yell at me. I am a new person here. I don't know your ways, but please don't. I have been yelled at enough. Please don't yell at me. And she kind of gasped. Now, this might seem like a small, insignificant moment. We've all gotten an after-hours phone call from work. Maybe we said something to our boss, or maybe we didn't. And most likely, we moved on. But there's a reason why Olga Vana gasped. People didn't talk back to mother. And for Svetlana to not only reject Mrs. Wright's orders, but then to tell the matriarch not to yell, why, that's like not wearing assless chaps at Folsom Street Fair. It's just not done. According to an unpublished chapter of Olgavana's autobiography, which also details this late-night argument, Wes encourages Svetlana to apologize to Mrs. Wright for her outburst. However innocent her intentions, Wes was a man who valued his work above all else, and he didn't want his wife to muck things up. Olgavana sets the scene. Svetlana coming into a room and sitting down, staring at the floor while saying, I apologize if I caused you any inconvenience. Olga Vana describes Svetlana's apology as cold, like ice. She says she even saw a disagreeable smile creep onto Svetlana's face. And then Svetlana shoots up with a frosty stare and says, By the way, I want you to know I am a free person. I do as I please. Olga Vana writes, she smiled that snake smile with lips and little waves and said, You see, I don't belong to you. By her own account, Olgavana responds very quietly. Svetlana, now in the last statement, your last half of your phrase is true. You certainly don't belong to me. But in the first part of your phrase, you are wrong. You are not free. You are bound from head to foot in iron chains. They surround you. You are a slave, Svetlana, of yourself. You are not a free person. As a matter of fact, you are the most terrifying slave I have ever seen yet. Slave of your passions. Slave of your hatreds, of your likes, of your dislikes, of your jealousy, which is reaching a grotesque proportion. You are jealous of me and Wes. You are jealous of every girl on the place. You are jealous of every man. You are a slave. You are not a master. And it is the master who is free. No, Svetlana, you are a slave. Okay, first off, I love this monologue, and I want to use it for auditions for the rest of my life. And second, by Wes's design, this whole exchange was supposed to be a reconciliation between these two powerful women. But that's not how this went at all. And Svetlana's lackluster apology to Olgavana and Olgavana's mean-spirited response, 
This is the beginning of a shitty pattern that is going to repeat again and again and again, like Paisley. But this fight about the late-night phone call and the weird apology and monologue that followed, the money, the communal life, the red flag after red flag after red flag, none of this deters Svetlana. She remains as devoted to Wes as ever, which to me is so surprising. She must have really loved him. You see, a man could be good friend or good lover or good parent or good husband. He was good husband. I felt that, oh my God, finally, finally, I would love to stay with this man, you know, until end of my days because he had a way to introduce me and say, this is my wife. He would say it, this is my wife, in such a way that I would just swoon, you know, I would just melt. Wonderful. When Wes finally takes Svetlana on a trip to California that June, away from Taliesin, without the constant demands of the fellowship, he is attentive to his bride again. She meets his sister and his brother-in-law. They go shopping. Wes picks out over-the-top glittery dresses for Svetlana that she would never pick out on her own. First, stoles, chiffon, brocade, silk. You must look stunning, Wes tells her. And she accepts. She's no longer Svetlana Aluyeva, writer. She was now Svetlana Peters, the architect's wife. She has to dress the part. And this time with Wes in California makes her want to dress the part, too. I wanted to be a part of the show, a part of the business, a part of his life. This is the constant struggle with Svetlana, She feels things both good and bad in big ways. She's drawn to Wes, yet repelled by the world he belongs to. I, too, came to Taliesin a skeptic. I really didn't care about the organic architecture, and I generally think deserts are stupid. Where's your dirt, desert? Where's your dirt? But during my visit, I had some wonderful background interviews with people that lived and worked at Taliesin charming, artistic, idealistic people who I really enjoyed spending time with. They showed me around, let me dig through their archives, and told me wonderful stories. And there were moments when I was overcome by the art and history and community of the place. I have to imagine that Svetlana might have been too. So yes, it's true, Olga Vanna was overbearing, to say the least. But there were other people there who were great. Here's Celeste. You know, there are people like Eloise Krista who did the sculpture. She was an amazing person. Jim and Maxine Pfefferkorn. The Lockhart, Tall and Brandock Peters. I mean, there were lots of people to get involved with other than the rights. The truth is, of course, that not everything is cut and dry. People, places, they contain multitudes and sometimes even hypocrisies. Now, every year, the fellowship would caravan from Taliesin West in Arizona back to the original Taliesin in Wisconsin for the summer. And shortly after Wes and Svetlana return from their California mini-moon, they pack up the car and make the drive, just the two of them. They make their way through the Grand Canyon, the Rockies, and the Plains. Wes, who has made this trip twice a year for nearly four decades, is pouring over with vivid stories, welcoming her into his world. Sometimes Svetlana takes the wheel of the Cadillac. When I did the driving, Wes would relax, sing funny songs, recite limericks, or just doze. 
Then I would find him once again as he was before. Outside of the fellowship, Wes is simply the man she fell in love with. Away from the mesmerizing eyes of his boss and former mother-in-law, he would become quite a different personality. And when they arrive in the serene river valley, he comes alive. When we entered the green, lush Wisconsin countryside, Wes became even lyrical. He loved these areas most of all. That summer, Svetlana and Wes settle into their new life together in Wisconsin. She loves being his wife. She loves the quaint hills and babbling brooks. She feels herself being drawn deeper and deeper. Suddenly, everything has become so bright and clear. Every blade of grass, every wild flower. I walked through the groves, breathed fragrant air, and felt so young. Every nerve in harmony with nature around me. But she feels, well, something else, too. After I spent two weeks in that state of peaceful bliss, the local doctor confirmed it. I was pregnant. Yeah. oh Suddenly, in this battle between Olga Vanna and Svetlana, with Wes caught in the middle, the weirdest thruple of all time, the stakes are a lot higher. And this pregnancy, it's not going to go over well with Mrs. Wright. On the next episode of Svetlana Svetlana. Svetlana Svetlana is a production of iHeart Podcasts and The Documentary Group. I'm your host, Dan Katroser. The show is written and produced by me, Adam Weber, Allison Joy, and Katherine Isaac. We also serve as executive producers. At The Documentary Group, our executive producer is Joe Batilowicz, with production oversight by Stacey Klieger and additional support from Tom Yellen and Gabrielle Tenenbaum. Our iHeart team is supervising producer Casey Pegram and executive producer Maya Howard, editing assistance from producers Christina Loringer and Joey Pat. Original music by Ilan Isakov. Production counsel by Sloss Eckhouse Dasty Haynes Lawco. Clearance counsel by Ballard Spar. Fact checking assistance by Megan Trout. Research assistance by Caleb Martin Rosenthal. Special thanks to my husband, Jordan Siegel, and Roger Friedland and Harold Zellman, authors of the book The Fellowship, who kindly granted permission to include excerpts from their taped interview with Svetlana. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.